Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. We're glad that you are here today. Today is the last message in, that we'll be doing in this Bless This Home series, and I'm very excited about uh, today because I want to share some things with you that I think are very uh, important. And the question I have on your outline is this, is are we living in the end times? And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And the reason we're doing this in this series is because we did the series on the Beatitudes, and Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10 of the Beatitudes, he said this, he said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so this morning as we begin to talk about this, persecution and so forth is going to come our way. We'll, we'll talk about that just in a second. But it's interesting, and I know that you've been hearing a lot, so I want to talk about some things that maybe you've been hearing. And one is uh, the thing that's coming up on September 28th is what's called the the fourth red blood moon. I don't know if you've heard about that or not, but uh, there's been a lot of stuff out there on the internet about it. And let me tell you what it is. Uh, the, the, red, uh, the red blood moon happens when the, actually the earth rotates and goes between the sun and the moon. When that happens, there is the moon looks red. And the reason that Bible scholars are all over this every time that it happens is because that in, in the uh, Acts chapter 2, it says that, you know, the moon would turn red before the great day, the return of Jesus Christ. It would happen. So this has happened several times in history. Matter of fact, in, uh, in 1948, we had what's called the four red blood moons that happened in one year's time, and they all happened on Israel holidays, on uh, Jewish holidays. And when that happened in 1948, that is, they're actually Israel become a nation. You know, and that was really an improbability because... If you know your history, you know that after World War II, the British pulled out of that occupied, they were occupying the area of Israel. They pulled out and just left it for whomever. And five countries tried to take that property, and those little 600,000 Jews that lived there were able to conquer that, those armies by themselves with God's help, and it was a supernatural event. Also in 1967, uh, on, you, many of you know the Six-Day War with Israel. Again, it was a four red blood moon deal then. They all happened on Jewish holidays. And when that happened, Jordan decided to attack Israel. And Israel retaliated. And by doing so, Israel actually won. It was a supernatural deal. Matter of fact, Rhonda and I were over in Israel. And we heard the stories of some of the soldiers talk about how that they were out of ammo. The Israel soldiers were out of ammo. And the, the Jordanians were coming at them. And they stood up with their guns as if they had ammo. There was only a few of them. And the whole troop dropped their guns. And the commander dropped his gun. And they surrendered. 
And then after the fact, they asked him, why did they surrender? And they told him, because you had this huge army with you. We were surrounded. The huge army must have been angels because there was only three of them. And so it was amazing with the supernatural deal that happened in 1967 in the Six-Day War. And Israel not only won the battle, but they expanded their territory. And it's all in the news now. Isn't it amazing how that property is always in the news, fighting over it? So, so we had that happen in those four red blood moons. Now, we've already had three of those blood moons come to pass, but the last one is happening on September the 28th. And so a lot of people have their radars up because, again, According to history, every time that this has happened, something significant has happened with Israel that's affected the world. And so that's why, you know, you see a little bit of unrest in the world. This, the, so I want to tell you about something else as well that people are talking about. Uh, maybe you, you're not aware of this, but remember those of us who know the scriptures that the Bible says that at the end of time, that there would be the only way that you would be able to buy or sell food is that if you had a mark, it's called, those of you that read the Bible know it's called the mark of the beast. And that means that there has to be a number that you're assigned and that you will not be able to buy or sell any food without that number. And now, years ago when I was a teenager and a young adult in church reading the Bible, I said, how could that ever be possible, you know? How could that be possible? Well, Little do we know that the Bible, again, proved itself to be true. It was written over 2,000 years ago in the Revelation by the John the writer who saw this in a vision that God gave him that at the end of time that this would be what take, would take place. So now we have something that's called the chip. You'll see there's a picture of it behind me. There's a chip. There's a grain of rice laying in someone's hand right there, and there's a chip that is there that actually... Uh, is already there. Some of you have it in your pets, but where they found out that the best place for that chip to work is right in the right hand underneath the skin in between the ligaments of your fingers. Right there is the best place for it, or right in your forehead because your skin is so thin there that it's very easy to be read. Now, the interesting part about that is in our health care, our government health care that was passed here a couple years ago, and there was such a big fight over it, and in that health care was this, uh, this ruling that said, or this law that said, by the year 2017, everyone that had government health care would have to have the chip. 2017. So, am I saying, you know, that Jesus is going to be back in 2017? No, I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that that is the direction that we're going. And it's going to be great for some people because people that don't know the Bible, they're like, yeah, I'll have all my information right there. When you go to the hospital, you have a wreck, or if you have an Alzheimer's patient, you know, they wander away, or a child gets abducted, then there's a chip there with actually a GPS tracking. Like we said, many pets have that in them now. And so that you're always tracked. And so in these things that we see happening around us, we are have our ears attuned. Also, the stock market. This a uh, couple of weeks, if you've been following the news, we know that the world is in an economic crisis right now. China, who that we borrow, get this, we borrow about 40 cents on every dollar that we spend, we borrow from someone and primarily China. Their economy now is in bust. Greece's uh, economy is in bust. The prime minister resigned from that post here about two weeks ago. Now we're beginning to see Russia's beginning to, to uh, waffle a little bit. And, and we know that our economy here is not the best, or we would not be having to borrow almost 50 cents on every dollar. And so the world is in turmoil is what I'm trying to say. But this is what I want you to know before I go any further. 
is that Jesus said, no man knows the day nor the hour that he's going to return. So if anybody tells you that Jesus is coming back on a certain day, you can be assured it's not going to be that day. Okay, you just be assured of that. Now, here's what I want you to know. If you don't get anything else I say today is get this. You ready? Here it is. It's on your outline. It's on the screen behind me. It says this. Would you read this out loud with me? Come on. God's got the whole world in his hands. Come on, let's shout it out. You ready? God's got the whole world in his hands. God's got the whole world in his hands. So, I want to give you the signs that Jesus said would be the end time. I don't trust everybody. You know, people, there's all these people that got all these maps and things like that. They try to figure it out. But I just go back to what Jesus said would be the signs. Because his disciples, when, when he was on the earth, said, Hey, can you let us know what are going to be some signs that you're going to be returning? And he said, Okay, I'll give you these. And here they are. And so the first thing that we see is that that would be a sign is increase in political unrest. Jesus said in Matthew 24, said, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Notice that. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. See that? So he was saying that you would hear of wars. All, they would be starting all over the place. And then the next one is, is that increase in natural disasters, Jesus said. In Matthew 24 and 8, he says, There will be a famine and earthquakes in various places, and these are the beginning of birth pains. And so he was talking about like earthquakes all, you know, happening more frequently, and then uh, like because of that, also that we would have uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, and things like that would be on the increase in the last days. Then also the next thing that Jesus said would happen would be this, is that Christians will be persecuted. Christians will be persecuted. In Matthew 29, he said this, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of who? Of me. Jesus said, because of me. Isn't it amazing in our day and time, it, never, it wasn't this way until about the last uh, 15 years, but before, you know, a Christian was a very respected person, but now, you know, you can talk about any other religion that you want to talk about, any other prophet, but as soon as you mention the name of Jesus Christ, there's a problem, right? And so the world is beginning to turn against that, uh, those that are uh, Christians. As a matter of fact, uh, many of us know now what's happening uh, around the world with ISIS. ISIS is a, a terrorist group that is out to destroy anyone that, is not, uh, that, that does not bow to Islam, including Christians. And matter of fact, they take pride in beheading Christians. Isn't that amazing? But also the amazing that the, gospel, uh, the, the revelation of John, he writes about that. He said in the end time that those people that would not take the mark when they were told to take the mark... That, that they would, the only way that they would be able to get into the kingdom of God is by giving of their head. Isn't that amazing? How that all of this now, what was written over 2,000 years ago, is in God's word, and that's why I take God's word wholeheartedly, my friend. It's because everybody else can just say stuff, but when God says it, it comes to pass. And so, anyway, so we see this terrorist happening all around us. And so Jesus prophesied that it would be that. He also said this, he said, the spirit of deception will be present in the last days. Look what he says in Matthew 24 and 10. He says, at that time, many will turn away from the faith. Notice that. Many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. 
and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. Notice that. You might want to circle that. The love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Now you say, Pastor Jeff, how can there be an increase of wickedness? There's been wickedness all out through humanity. Even when you read the Bible, you read that. Well, I'll tell you how. It's because wickedness not only is someplace that you go to, wickedness follows you everywhere in the form of the Internet. You know that the group ISIS that we just talked about, again, does most of their recruiting over the Internet. It's not just recruiting in the Middle East. It's recruiting in your bedroom, in, in your children's uh, bedroom, and your, with, through your children's cell phones. There's constantly sending things out to them, telling them about their religion and why that, that America is so bad and, and how that it, they should turn against them. They're recruiting everywhere. Also, that's where, you know, we see that uh, uh, many kids are being targeted through the Internet. You know, we see, of course, pornography and uh, child pornography all over the Internet. Wickedness is, it, it is actually uh, expanded through the Internet. And so that's what Jesus said. In the last days, it would happen. We would have never, ever guessed this. Matter of fact, we see the guy with the subway. Uh, that it was a subway spokes, spokesman. All of a sudden, we see him targeted with this child pornography and all the things that are going on with that. It's wickedness all over. And Jesus said that that would happen. Now, another thing that Jesus said in the end times would happen is that the gospel will be preached around the world. Look what he says. In Matthew 24 and 14, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So Jesus said that the end is going to come when everybody on planet Earth has had an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to accept him. And so today, again, as much as the Internet has been used for increased wickedness, it also has used to increase the gospel message going around the world to third world countries. And so the message of Jesus Christ is all over. Wherever the Internet goes, there you can find the message of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I want to say thank you to you. Many of you, through your generosity, gave in order that we could have our services online. And I got an email this week from some people that have been watching our services online. And it's all over the world that people are able to view and hear the message of Jesus Christ. And so, but this is what I want you to know before we move on any further. You ready? We got to get this in our hearts or we will be afraid. And that is this. You ready? Let's say it together. Here we go. God's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. So everything that's going on right now in the world can be alarming. So I want to share something with you. I want to share how to live in faith and not live in fear as we live in these turbulent what looks like to be the end times. And so I want to give you four things today. Here we go. The first one is this, is live in peace of knowing God's got you. Live in that peace to know that God has got you, okay? And, and Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, it says this, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with what? Come on, shout out. We say with what? We say with confidence. Confidence. What are we saying with confidence? Let's read that that's underlined together. You ready? Come on. Out loud with confidence. Here we go. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. 
That's confidence today. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's happening in the stock market, no matter what's happening to, uh, in the Middle East, no matter what's happening in our economy with China, I will not be afraid. The Lord is my helper. Amen? He is my helper. I will not be afraid. Jesus writing this, he knew that in this world we'd have a difficult times, And so he said this. He reminded us of something in John 14 and 1 through 3. Look what he says. He says, do not let your hearts be what? Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And so the good news about this is, is that all these bad things that are going to happen in the world, we believe that before it comes to a head, that Jesus Christ himself is going to step out on a cloud one day after God's command, and the trumpet, the angel's going to sound a trumpet, and the church, the believers in Jesus Christ, those that have accepted him, those that follow him, are one day when that trumpet sounds, are going to go to heaven and be with God forever. That means that you never, ever have to die. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Let's give God a hand for that. Amen. We are children of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that comforts me. Not to have to worry about how am I going to die, but to know that if Christ returns, if that trumpet sounds, we get to go up without having a funeral. Hallelujah for that. That's good news. That's good news. The second thing I would say to do is this, is so that we can live in faith and not fear, is to prepare for the end times. Prepare for the end times. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 14 again, after he tells us all these signs of things that are coming, then he tells us how to be prepared, who will actually go to heaven with him. This is what he says. He says, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. Now, notice this next phrase that Jesus says. So you also must be what? Come on, you also must be what? You must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. And so, again, we understand, we know the times. And let me say something to you. So there's a couple things you can do to be ready. Number one is be a person of prayer because prayer makes you aware, right? Matter of fact, and then the second thing I would say is this, is be biblically ready. Get in God's Word. Read God's Word. That way you will know what's going on. You know, like when, when all of a sudden this chip comes out that everybody starts being mandated for everyone to take. Well, those that are not believers are not going to know the consequences of that. But because we, are, because we know the Bible, we know what God said, we've been knowing it for years to come before they even had the idea of a chip. We knew that it was coming. So because, get in God's word. Jesus said, when you continue in my words, you're my disciple indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So get in God's word. Now it's time to turn the bad news off and turn the good news on. Turn Facebook off and turn the good news on. Turn talk radio off and turn the good news on. And by the way, with our Bible app, with SEC, you can download our, our app and our Bible uh, our, we, on that app, you can listen to the Bible. 
And so listen to it on the way to work. Your drive time, make it good news time just so that you will not be afraid. Amen? Amen. So, so to prepare spiritually, let me just stop right here because I'm sure at this point there's some of you that are a little bit alarmed. You're going, you know what, man, I don't know where I am. If Christ were to return today, the question that you have to ask, would you go? Would you go? And so today, I don't want you to be live in fear. I want you to know the answer to that question today. And so right now, on, in your program, I have a prayer that's written now for you. It's the prayer to become a Christ follower so that you can know. And I'm going to read this prayer out loud. And right now, it's between you and God. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, come forward, anything like that. It's between you and God. Right now, I'm asking you, as I read it, if this in your heart, that you read it with me and you mean it in your heart. And you, when you do that, and you believe it and mean it, and you want to live for God, then he will save you. It says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. This is your prayer. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life. Help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I just want to say today to those of you that read this with me, you see, everybody else around you don't know, but God does. You meant it today. And that means if you did that, that means tonight you should sleep so good because you can pillow your head tonight knowing that no matter what happens in the world or if you have a massive heart attack and you leave this world, that as soon as you leave this world, you enter that one. And that is a great peace. Today, the only thing I ask you to do is on the back of your connection card, there's a box that says, I'm choosing to become a Christ follower today. If you prayed that prayer today, you said, me too. You said, that's me. i just like, before you leave, to check this box to let us know that we can pray for you. Would you do me a favor right now, Stockbridge community? Would you give God a hand for those people that just came to Jesus Christ? Come on. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Welcome to God's family. Welcome to God's family. So remember, the second thing to be prepared is physically. Physically, you should be prepared knowing that we're living in these times. So I, I took the privilege uh, of printing off for you what FEMA says you should do to be prepared. This is the Federal Government Management Association that actually tells us to do this. So inside of your program, you have something here. They tell you that you should have a three-day water supply. They tell you that you should have some money out of your bank account hidden somewhere in case of an emergency. They tell you that you should have food stored up for at least three to four days for every person in your home, even your pet. They tell you that you should have a dust mask that you should wear in case of a tragedy. Now listen, am I saying that I know something that you don't know? No, but I can tell you this, that I know that being aware of the times in which we live, that at my home, we will follow this list and we will have it in case something happens. And you know what? It's better to be prepared for something that never happens and then, then for something to happen and never be prepared, right? And so I love you enough. I'm telling everyone that I can tell, listen, I don't know if anything is going to happen or not, but be prepared. This is wisdom. Be prepared. And so I'm telling you that are listening by the Internet, be prepared. Be prepared. And so uh, if you'll take this list, go home, get it your house in order, just in case, and keep it that way until you leave this earth. That way you'll be prepared. And so, again, 
take and do what the government says. It's not a, this is not a biblical association or anything. This is actually the federal government is telling you what to do. In case of a terror attack, in case of a national, uh, you know, like the 9-11, we never predicted that, right? But remember how all the airports shut down? It was a very scary time. So be prepared. That's what we should learn from that is be prepared. So there's something to help you. The third thing is this. The third thing, but before I give you that, let me just go back and remind you one more time. You ready? Let's say this line together. You ready? God's got the whole world in his hand. Now, you're acting like you don't believe it much anymore. You're getting real quiet on me. Come on, let's try it again. You ready? God's got the whole world in his hand. And that's why you don't have to be afraid. So number three is this, is participate in building God's church. Now, this is what Jesus said he should find his people doing when he comes back, people that are really his people. He said, he said this in Matthew 24 and 45. He said, who then is the faithful and wise servant? Who's, who's faithful and who's wise, he said. He said, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household. Now, anytime that you see that, Jesus is talking about his church, all right? People that belong to the family of God. He said, servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. Now, notice this next statement. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. So Jesus is saying, he's saying, when I return, I'm looking for those people that have said the church is important to me. I'm looking for those people who are serving my cause. You see, when you say, Jesus, come into my life and save me, you become a part of his kingdom. And to be a part of his kingdom, you have to be a part of his church. And he says, I'm going to be looking for those people who are involved, who are working in my kingdom to help it be better. That's who I want to find when I come back. So what does it look like to be a faithful and wise servant? I'll tell you what it is. Faithful and wise servant, this is what they do. Number one, they give generously. You see, the reason that we say that is because, you know, your money is where your heart is. Your money is where your heart is. You give generously to God's kingdom. Through his church, you do that because you believe in it. You know, his kingdom is expanding. The second thing that I would say that you do as a, way, a faith, faithful and wise servant is that you serve faithfully God's church. You know, if you believe this, if you really believe it, then listen, you'll give, you will serve. And then the last thing I would say is this, is that you will share God's message passionately and persistently. You will let people know, listen, there's people around you right now that have no clue about what I'm telling you right now. So the one thing that you can do is tell them after Tuesday, go online and watch this message. Another thing that you can do is in your conversation. You see, we that are Christians, if we stay quiet about Jesus Christ, then those people that we love are going to die and go to hell. They're going to, they're going to, one day Christ is going to come back. Wouldn't that be something if you're sitting, you know, at your job and this person you've worked beside for 20 years is right there and, the, and every day you had conversation with them and you never told them about Jesus and he returns and all of a sudden you leave your office and you're not there anymore. You're gone and they're left behind to go through all that tragedy and tribulation. Wouldn't that be a sad thing? What about, what about your family members? What about your relatives? What about the people that you love? You know, we owe them the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. And so we have to speak up. We can't just be silent anymore. Their salvation is laying on your words that you speak up and tell them about Christ. 
So we have to. And if you're living in such a way that your words do not have credibility, then today's the day that you repent and change the way that you're living so that you can be a testimony to Jesus Christ. Amen? Don't you want your family to go to heaven? Don't you want your friends and neighbors to go to heaven? Then, man, we have to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We have to share that. So, remember that. Remember this also. God's got the whole world where? In his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. So that takes us to number four. Don't give up on God's plan. Jesus says this. It's not my words. It's Jesus' words. In Matthew 24 and 48, he said, But suppose a servant is wicked and says to himself, My master has stayed away for a long time. In other words, I've heard about Jesus coming back my whole life. That ain't, that ain't happening. He said, what if he says this? And my master stays away for a long time, and he has, then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he is not aware of. And I didn't have enough room to put the rest of that verse on your outline. But it says he would go with the hypocrites where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus says it's going to be serious for those that, that, that have turned away from God. And so I challenge you today, man, don't give up on God. Don't give up on the promise. You know, I know that the world is, is all anti-God and they tell us the Bible is antiquated. It's old-fashioned and all of this stuff. But I'm telling you that God will return one day and what he says is true. What he says is true. That's why our memory verse is this, 2 Peter 2 and 3 and 9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to what? To perish. God, someone says, God will never send me to hell. No, he won't send you there, but he gives you a choice. You have to choose. Who you're going to serve, you have to choose the world or him. You have to choose. You can't ride the fence. He said, listen, if you're on the middle, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Man, you've got to choose. But everyone who comes to repentance, he wants everyone to come to repentance. The reason that Jesus has not come as of yet is because there's somebody, somebody yet that has not heard or someone has not made that decision. I'm telling you, one day, Whoever that person is, they may be in Africa or they may be in McDonough, Georgia. Whoever, there's one person that as soon as they say, yes, Jesus, come into my life, I'm telling you, God's going to look over at the angel and he's going to say, angel, blow that trumpet. Jesus, you go get my church because now's the time. One person away. You know what? I hope that person is at least one of my family members. I hope, don't you? I hope that I hope God will give me the opportunity to share with them and encourage them, and I hope that He will you too. Now, what are we to do while we wait? The Bible says this in Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold firmly to the hope that we have confessed, because we can trust God to do what He what? What He's promised. Do you believe God keeps His word? Amen. We'll do what He promised. He said, Let us think about each other and help each other to show love and to do what? Do good deeds. He said, why are you waiting? Love one another. Care for one another. Do good to all the people that you can all the time that you can while you wait. He said, you should not stay away from the church meetings as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. And notice this. Look at this last statement with me. Do this even more as you see 
the day coming. That's why I have a next step on your outline. It says this. It says, I will do my best to be around to encourage others. I hope every one of you will check that box. I'll be around. Why? Because Jesus said, listen, in the last days, people are, we are going to be persecuted. And matter of fact, there's persecution right now. That's why we're sort of silent. But he said, listen, in the last, you need other people. Listen, if you're not around the church family, you're not in a connect group, then you don't have people to encourage you. Guess what? You can't be encouraged, and you can't encourage. God says in his word, we have to stick together. Church is important. He said, as you see these things happening, come together more, share together more. You need the love of the family of Almighty God. And I just want to encourage you today. This may be a little alarming again, but some of you are dreading Jesus coming. You're like, you're scared. Why would you be scared? Why would you be scared? Let me tell you what heaven's like. The Bible says that in heaven, there is no more death. There is no more mourning. There is no more crying. There is no more pain. There is no more funerals. There is no more divorce. There is no child abuse. There is no murder in heaven. There is no more. All those things are passed away. And there is no more pain. There's no more families being torn apart. There's no more suicide in heaven. There's no more murder in heaven. There is no more of those things. I tell you, my friend, I'm excited all about heaven. Why? Because I know that Jesus is my Savior. And one day, I'm going to leave this world. You know, right now, my home address is McDonough, Georgia. But I'm telling you, I'm just there temporarily. One day I'm going to leave and I'm going to move to my heavenly home. I have an apartment already, a mansion, by the way. It's on Amen Corner and Hallelujah Square, and I'm going to meet Jesus. I'm going to walk right through the gates of pearl. I'm going to go right down the streets of gold. I'm going to walk right up to Jesus himself, and I'm going to bow down. I'm going to take my crown. I'm going to cast it at his feet. I'm going to say, you are holy. You are righteous. Thank you for saving me. And then I'm going to look over there, and I'm going to find my grandmother. I haven't seen her in, in 30 years. I'm going to run. I'm going to hug her neck. I'm going to find my my brother that died when I was six years old. I'm going to go up and I'm going to say, Jody, you've been waiting a long time, but I'm here right now. All those that have gone before us, we will see again. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet, somebody. This is a happy day. We are not home yet. Amen. Come on, say it with me. I'm not home yet. Come on. I am not home yet. One more time. I am not home yet. Amen. Sing this with us. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at S-C-C-V-I-E-W dot net. 
Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.secview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.